from the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of April 27th, 2011 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Yvette and Emile Van Leeuwen, Scott Smith, and Max the Intern back in the Peanut Gallery, continuing our full house of, uh, of shows. Uh, this week... Well, in this episode, we're going to be taking your emails. We had a lot of emails come in last week from when I sent out my my plea for emails so we could do an impromptu email show during our, EB, uh, our ABD trip. But uh, also this week, we have uh, our Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic Tour review. And uh, Kevin Close has his review, Jay Alexander's Restaurant near Disney. Uh, we also talk about our good friend, Bob Varley, who passed away three years ago. And remember him on the anniversary of his passing. Our Disneyland team has their most recent show this week as well. And, of course, our news and rapid-fire segment also this week. So we've got a full slate of shows for you to enjoy. So we'll get started with our email show. And who would like to go first? Oh, Teresa's got the hand up. Hey. She's waving to people hey. that are... You're on a radio show That's here. That's like what Ferris and Finley do. There's so many people here. He's like, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, this comes from Katie. Podcast gang. Katie here. Evil diva on the boards. My question is, how, how is doing Disneyland California solo compared to Disney World in Florida? I've made several solo trips to Disney World and would love to see where the magic started. But I'm a little nervous about the hotel situation as well as touring time. What amount of time would you suggest for a first-time trip to see both parks? I love the details, and I'm definitely able to fill seven days in Florida without much downtime. What are your suggestions for California? Thanks, and can't wait till Podcast Cruise 4.0. Okay, I did California solo last year, and I believe it was five days. Or as solo as Nancy Johnson would allow. Yeah, really. <laughs> I did have, you know, it was it was basically solo, and which absolutely is doable, and I enjoyed it. The California parks are so much more intimate to me, mm. and it's not so daunting, I felt. And right. everything is right there. You don't have to get on a bus. You don't have to worry about any transportation if you're staying on property. I mean, it just it was amazing. I think it would be a better solo trip than World. I would think so. Yeah. And even if you're staying off-site, um, it's really, I mean, most of those hotels are walking distance. It's a very... You know, people are used to the 40,000-plus uh, – what's the uh, – I, I think it used to be 46 – Square miles. 46 square miles. 46 square miles. But I think some of that's been given away. Uh, that Disney World is, and whereas, you know, Disneyland is not <laughs> at all. It's very, uh, very compact. Uh, Walt didn't have a lot of money uh, when he opened that park. And so, I mean, he, he didn't buy up all the land around it like he did in Florida. So it's a little, uh, it's a little different. But um, pretty much anywhere you stay, you know, for the most part, most of the hotels off-site are located on the perimeter of the parks. If you're going to stay on-site, the Grand Californian is the closest. The Disneyland Hotel is a little bit further away. And then Paradise Pier is actually in New Mexico. <laughs> I stayed at the Disneyland Hotel and, and thought it was absolutely perfect because downtown Disney is so quaint and it's just like a street. It's not like ours where it's sitting out all by itself. You know, it's right there. And I make no secret of my distaste for the Grand Californian. Um, and there was really, well, I can't say there was very little on this trip to change my mind. There were some things that I thought were, were, were well done uh, this trip. But for the price of that resort, the rooms you're getting are, I'm sorry, they, they equate for me to Disney moderate rooms. Uh, size, amenities, just it's, I don't like the rooms. I don't like the rooms at all. And the service has been too spotty. The service has just been too spotty, and I think it's ridiculously overpriced for what you're getting at the Grand. 
The Disneyland Hotel, especially if you're somebody who's a fan and you're going out to experience the authenticity of the original park, the Disneyland Hotel is a much better choice. A, the rooms are larger. Most of them have been refurbished. There's a lot of history there that no other Disney resort has. Um, and I, I just I find it a better value for the money you're spending. I liked I finally stayed now at all three of them out there. I thought the Disneyland was the best. The Paradise Pier, I would never stay there again. I didn't like Paradise Pier. The Grand Californian, I was surprised to see really how plain the rooms were. I had thought they would be they nicer. Re- they rely a lot on location. Yep. Location. You're paying yeah. for location, and you know what? It's not worth what you pay. It no. really isn't. We had a great room at the Disneyland Hotel that looked right out on downtown Disney, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. You'd, you'd want to just sit there and look out the window. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Disneyland Hotel. I love it. I've been it. on two ABD trips. And the first one, John and I had a, a view of the valet parking. And this last one, what did we have a view of? It was a little courtyard that was off of downtown. Right, so well, we had your valet. We had, as Walter called it, the enchanted parking lot view. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had it. We had it. Now, for I mean, depending on the time of the year she's going to go, I think you could do Disneyland in three days. I was thinking three By days. yourself. Yeah, three or four days. Yeah, I would say four. If you're looking for a seven-day vacation in Southern right. California, then you want to be looking at also maybe checking out uh, San Diego, um, some of the other areas. And we're going to talk about that actually in this week's ABD show because we went from uh, – we used, we used Amtrak to go down to San Diego. When we heard about that, we were envious. Yeah, it was a nice trip. Great. It was. Really well, we also heard about it at a time when being on a train going to San Diego sounded like great fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were riding the rails. It was fun. It was. It was. So we're gonna. T- we actually have some of that in our, our ABD show this week. I would never have trouble filling a week in, in Los Angeles. There's so much to see and do. Now, granted, if you're looking to do the walking thing where all the transportation is included, you have to stay pretty much at Disneyland. Yeah. But if you're willing to get in a car and drive, and I don't find it any harder to drive there than any place else, um, there's a great deal to experience. In general, driving is not harder. It's the traffic that you experience that can make it. That's why we took the train to San Diego, because I, uh, you know, I usually end up being the one driving. And going down is not a problem, you know, because you're refreshed. You've just, you know, got a good night's sleep. Then you go and you walk around San Diego or you walk around Wild Animal Park or SeaWorld or whatever it is you're doing down there. Then you've got to drive back. And you're exhausted and you're sitting in traffic. There was a Stevie Nicks Rod Stewart concert, which made traffic even worse than what it normally would have been. But that was, yeah, it was at the Hollywood Bowl, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so um, I also think if she's going to travel solo, think about an ABD trip. I mean, a great way to connect with people, a great way to, you know, not to feel like you're alone and you have people with you all the time. And you get to see a lot. You get to see a lot more in, in, uh, in Disneyland than you would on your own, yeah. um, especially behind the scenes. You get, and it's a perspective that is impossible to get any, any other way. So it's a good idea, too. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, Teresa. Who else has one they want to read? I have one. This comes from Julia from Brobridge, Louisiana. Hey, podcast. Do you have any tips for driving around Orlando? This will that's not the same one, huh? It is Julia that we know, yeah. No, no, we don't have the same email. Nepotism. <laughs> just from your friends, is that it? Well, yeah. I'm picky, I just choose from Louisiana. Uh, do you do you have any tips for driving around Orlando? This will be my first time on property with a vehicle and my first time driving the SeaWorld, Universal, and the beach. I will have a GPS, but it's still a bit hesitant about the traffic. Any tips or suggestions? Um, first, you need to watch out for where you get gas. There are a lot of tourist traps around here, especially by the airport and ridiculous and outside of um, Disney property. There's a place called Second City. It's a gas station mm-hmm. just outside of Hotel Plaza Boulevard. Avoid it at all costs. If you can't see the price of the gas before you pull in, do not do stop. Not stop. Right. Get gas on stop. Disney property. There are some charging over $5 a gallon, and people you. just don't. Don't think about it. I'll tell you something interesting. My dad talked to my dad, and he said in New Jersey they're doing a report about how gas in Orlando is over five dollars a gallon. Yep. And I said that's not true. It's only it's only people, one certain station. My parents said the same thing. That same thing. It's and if you have a rental stations, actually, if you have a rental it. car, 
the the gas station right near the airport on Narcosy Road, near the rest of the rental car places. Highway robbery. It's a Seven Eleven. Well, when we uh, got back from the airport Saturday, coming back in from California, um, we had to stop and get gas, and we uh, just the first gas station that we came to coming out of the airport was a Suncoast. Was what was was what it was called, and we looked uh, because again there were no prices posted, and you look at, at the the uh, pump the, the pump, and it was five seventy a gallon, mm. and you know we got and we left we left and drove a little bit further up and yep. there was a Seven Eleven that was charging normal prices for gas. If you're on Disney property, either of the Hess stations, the one near the boardwalk or the one across from downtown Disney, are both highly competitive and you'll pay the same price the rest of us are paying off right. Disney property. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they, and, and, you know, Hess really deserves a lot of credit yeah. for not gouging like Exxon used to right. when they, they really were on site. To keep it reasonable. If you're on fi- if you're on State Road 535, Apopka Vineland Road, avoid all of the gas stations right near Disney. Drive the extra half a mile or a mile down the road to the Walmart, and it's the cheapest gas around, mm-hmm. other than the Hess station on property. Another thing, if you, um, I would always keep quarters in the car because you never know if you might hit a toll road, especially if you're going to the beach. Yeah. Depending on what beach you go to, so keep some qu- quarters in the car or dollars. <laughs> the other thing <laughs> is, some of, of the exits that you want to get on and off are not manned tolls any longer. Right. They assume that everyone has correct an change OPAS or, or the a correct change. change. If you're going to be driving around a lot, you're going to hit toll roads. They have prepaid O passes or E passes, Sun Pass, in the Seven Elevens usually, mm-hmm. or Publix yeah, usually Publix has, has them. them. Buy one of those, and if you're going to go on more than one trip, your stuff doesn't expire. Just keep it. Just hang on to it. Another person. <laughs> we have rented a car with Elmo this time, and Elmo charges uh, for two dollars a day if you go through uh, the E Pass lane, up to six dollars. Uh, total. So you can go over the $6 and they will charge you the cheaper e-pass rates that you got through the toll passes. And that was for us this time cheaper than going to buy some SunPass card or that that was easier for us this time. LMO does it for $2 a day with the maximum of $6 in total. But if you rent a car with dollar for example, then you will pay like $15 a day or something. Some oh. ridiculous amount. Wow. So be careful which company you rent from. Do some online checking for that. I can tell you that Enterprise sends you the bill if you run the toll, too. Yeah, we know that from we had some car problems in the last couple of weeks, and I've had a rental pickup truck, hmm. which was really great for moving, by the way. Well, I'm sure. Um, we took advantage of that. They gave us a rental car. And... I who thinks about stuff like that? I wasn't thinking about the O pass. I have an O pass in my car all the time, and I ran a toll, and I not only got the toll violation that I have to pay. Enterprise charges three dollars for running that toll. Hmm. But how much do they charge you? That happened to me once, but it was a, uh, like a hundred dollar fine or something. Now I think they just charge you the toll. And well, if you have to, of- you have to pay the toll. If you don't pay the toll, then it becomes a violation. Yeah. Um, I think driving around Orlando is easy. Oh, it I is. think especially where she's going to be. Very right. well signed. Yeah. Avoid I-4 at rush hour. Yeah, around oh, yeah. 4.30 to 6.30 on weekdays. Or uh, in the morning, early in the but morning. But that's with any city, and if, really. But if you have to do it, you have to but do I-4 it. But I-4 is... Yeah. Right. But even when I-4 is backed up and crazy, it, it does move. Right. I mean, it does move. So. I don't know. We've been on there sometimes <laughs> when it's not. And the other thing is, if there's any kind of fender bender, be prepared to sit. Uh, the the powers that be in Florida don't see the benefit of moving the accident no, to the side don't. of the road. They will close down a major highway for an accident, and we you can to, sit for we, hours. We actually had recently. Um, I was trying to make it to a girls' night from Anna's apart from Anna's, and we had to go like down Mary Queen of the Universe Factory Outlet Road <laughs> <laughs> to avoid I four, and then you know come around that way. But I four was at a standstill. People were out. Of their cars. Oh, wow. That's bad. I haven't seen that. Yes. Standing in the middle of the interstate trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's unusual. They were not letting people get on the interstate. That's unusual. That's unusual. That's not normal. It can happen. If you have a GPS, you're going to be fine. Yep. Driving on property, you're not going to have an issue. The other thing is, if you have um, Sirius Radio, the Sirius Radio has a channel for Orlando traffic. Mm. 
So you can, if you have it, it's one of the great things. Also, pretty much all of the radio stations do a morning and afternoon traffic report. So if you find any of the local stations. I have to say, even living here, I get lost on property. I'm sorry. I don't know my way around. I get turned around. I was trying to go to Blizzard Beach. I went to Epcot. And the lady looked at me like I was crazy. Um, So the GPS helps me a great deal. I think she'll be just fine. (laughs) Agreed. All right. I have one here that comes from Leah. Who says, uh, how did Pete get Walter to love all things Disney? I've often wondered, as I've listened to Walter, go from not liking Disney in the beginning to loving most all things Disney. I'm lucky that my husband and I both love Disney, but I feel for those not as fortunate. What would either of you or both of you say brought about the change? Well, Leah, I think we're overselling it by saying Walter is... Loves all things Disney. I, I never really hated all things Disney. I was rather indifferent to Disney, I think. I, I was a Universal fan, so I would go to Universal if someone came down. Uh, I just never went to Disney that often. Yeah, but it, it, it was just... Um, I honestly think the backstage magic tours have really had an impact. That and the cruise ship. And the cruise, yeah. yeah. But the backstage magic tour in particular, I think, because... Um, you're almost forcibly exposed to all this behind-the-scenes stuff, and you're surrounded by the level of excitement that you know our listeners and our site visitors have for, for it. And I think that's kind of helped bring about some of this change. But you know, Walter is not. You know, I I don't think Walter will ever be passionate on the level that I am about it. Or we are about it. I think exposure helps too, though exposure yeah. to it. Yeah, I think just so. um, if you if you haven't been all that often, I think having your eyes open to it. Well, and then there's a lot more to Disney than just going to the parks. You know, like Fort Wilderness is one of our favorite places to stay. There's a lot. I mean, I, I guess, like you said, being exposed to more of it also than just the parks. Because if you just go to the parks and it's always crowded and always hot, that's not going to seem that fun. But if you start doing different avenues of Disney. There's quite a bit to do. And yet you also have to understand, and this is going to sound a little arrogant, but um, Walter is, ex- because of who he's married to, Walter is exposed to things at Disney that most people aren't. I mean, we get opportunities to do events and travel and go places because of the work I do uh, on the site and with Dreams Unlimited Travel. Um, that opens up opportunities most people don't get. There's so, a coolness factor there and a lot of stuff we get to there, do. There is. And, you know, let's let's be honest. Walter and I have seen, a, you know, a lot of places. We've seen, you know, we've been to California, Australia, the Southwest, uh, the Mediterranean. We're going to London and Paris, all connected in some way, shape, or form to Disney. Not, you know, not to mention what we're doing, you know, what we do here in Orlando. And the parties we get to go to, right, and the right. events we get to go to, the hotels we get to stay in—that's all part of what you know I do for a living. So, it's uh, you know there's also that factor that he really. Uh, I was just playing with him. I'm sorry, I oh, didn't okay. mean to interrupt you. Um, there's also that factor that you know I think plays a role in it. I think you know after ten years of being exposed to it, you know pretty much on a daily basis. You know, I finally whittled away at some of that. But it's just, you know, it's not – There is, you know, p- part of my challenge, and it really wasn't that hard with Disney because the product is so vast, was to find things that I knew would appeal to him, um, aspects of Disney that would appeal to things that he was passionate about. And, you know, well, there's aspects of Disney that should appeal to anyone regardless of what you like. It's so diverse once you get there. You can find something – that somebody's going to love. I think you said something. I, my brother and I were raised very in the same household, and he doesn't have the Disney gene. The only time he goes to Disney is if John gives him a ticket. I, it's just it's not something that interests him. He loves Universal. There's nothing thrilling for him at Walt Disney World. There's no rides that he really likes. He had, but he sees it as you do. It's hot and crowded and expensive. I, I don't need that. And but isn't really interested in venturing farther into it he's pretty much made his decision if i go i go if i don't go i don't go and unless i've got a free ticket i'm not going 
So, I mean, it's there are people who look at it like that, and you know something, no matter what you do. You can't change their mind. They're just not interested. Right. Well, where would you consider yourself at this point in terms of Disney as opposed to when you started dating me? <clears throat> There's a big difference. I mean, like I said before, I was indifferent. Now I've been exposed to the Disney product, which they have a really good product. Um, there's some areas that you know we, we say they can improve on, but overall they do a really good job at what they do. Adventures by Disney is really hard to beat. Um, the cruise line, you know, is top-notch service. There's a lot of things once you're exposed to Disney and you see the type of product that they deliver, you can start to appreciate it. The backstage magic, even though I'm not as rabid of a fan as other people, going back there and seeing some of the stuff we see, it's like you can't help but appreciate this. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that because you know. I like Disney, and I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm nowhere near like you guys either, though. Even Corey. You know, like, Walt is one of his heroes. Um, he's not one of my heroes, but I'm excited to go, like, to the train barn and, and ride the train and, and do things like that. I think it's going to give me um, maybe more of an appreciation. Oh, different appreciation. I, I, I think so, I, too. I, I think it w- you'd be hard. Because we had, you know, we had a couple of people on this last tour that we did uh, who brought their husbands and... You know, one husband was like, well, you know, I'm doing this for her. Uh, this isn't really my thing. And by the end of the trip, he was sold. I mean, he was sold. He was he loved it. He just had a great time. Hi, Sean. But they um, take away the backstage magic takes away those negatives. It doesn't matter if it's crowded. You don't wait in line. You don't wait right. in line. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. There's none of that. You thing. don't have to figure out where to eat. Right. You don't have to figure out where to go. They've there's no dis- There's no real... Well, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest things I love about Adventures by Disney is the stress of planning a vacation is eliminated. Not lessened. It's eliminated. And when they leave you, it's like, here's five pa- fast passes for the rest of the day. And you just go right, you know, whatever you want. It's, it's a great deal. Exactly. So all right, well, thank you very much for that. Leah? Kevin? Mine is from, actually, it just came in today, so I know no one's read it. Uh, hi, podcast crew. This is from Steve Gittler, Disney Steve on the boards from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I would like to hear the Orlando team do to the do the Walt Disney World equivalent of the segment the Disneyland team did last week. Name your three favorite snack foods on property beside the usual popular items like Dole Whip, Nikki Bar, and popcorn. The Disneyland crew came up with a lot of interesting suggestions, but since I don't expect to be in Disneyland anytime soon... But we do visit Disney World annually. I'd like to know if we've missed any hidden treats. Who's next? I apologize. Yeah, really. Yeah. Thank I you for that email, Steve. Kevin. Steve, they've taken away a lot of the things that I would tell you to go look for. There used to be a place just over the bridge in Sleepy Hollow, right near the uh, Hall of Presidents, where they served apple cobbler, which I thought was worth going into the Magic Kingdom for. I know what one of your new ones is. The caramel corn. Oh, yeah. In Germany. The caramel corn in Germany is pretty freaking really? good. Yeah. It's in the caramel shop? Yeah. Um, they also used to have a Pinocchio's Village House, used to have Figaro fries. They were worth going for. Yeah. But I think what you're going to have to do is now you're um, going to have to go a little further. The caramel corn is the warm caramel corn in the caramel shop in Epcot. It's really God, it's so good right dangerous. Now. <laughs> um the caramel apple there is really good too. Is it? Uh, people talk about in Japan. There's something called kakigori, which is a shaved ice thing. That's really good. I love kakigori. Uh, people talk about that with awe in their voice. It's not something I think is. I've never tried it. My one of my favorites. I think the fish and chips mm-hmm. at Epcot at in the London place i think that's excellent however i stand there and i tell them i don't want the fish that's sitting there i'd like them to cook fish fresh for me they hate me and they probably spit in it but i like that um this isn't really a snack per se but we enjoy the sushi at the polynesian but you can get that same sushi in the captain's hooks hook what is the place called captain hooks captain hooks fast food areas they actually make the sushi in the polynesian uh, or you sushi can have, bar and they br- and they put it in the If you're there at night, you can get the pollen or you can get the same sushi to go. You don't have to stop and eat it. Uh it's a little different than regular sushi. They put like a little bit of a Polynesian twist on it. Um a lot of the other stuff I would tell you that you can't miss is in restaurants. The little pull apart rolls at Yachtsman Steakhouse with the onion or the garlic and oil that you spread on them. Mm. 
are really, really good. Mm. The donuts at the, the uh, water parks. You love uh, those, yeah, Kathy. The, the donuts yeah, at the that's water parks. My big deal. Yep. <laughs> they I don't are think good. I've ever had a donut at the water park. Oh, nothing about the thing you ride in. No, no. <laughs> you have to get there like when they first come out of the machine and they're they do. Like, they make hot, little hot donuts. You've been there with me. Um, oh yeah, they're very popular. Donuts. Yeah. I I I know a lot of people a lot of people like this, but I like the Lepsa at uh, Norway. The Lepsa bread. I like the, the Lepsa too. The yeah, butter, John likes the butter and the cinnamon. I mean it's just it's it's, it's a killer. tortilla that's been buttered with cinnamon. It's delicious. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Everything should be buttered with cinnamon. Exactly. The new fast food place in Mexico, um, the guacamole is excellent. Is it really? Mm-hmm. It really is. Oh, I'm getting hungry again. My snacks are all alcohol related. I like going to the sake bar in Japan. It's a little hidden. It's like a little hidden area back there. I enjoy it. Getting a little tiny thing of sake, and also at. Uh, do you like your sake U- hot, or do you like it? Just no, it's it's cold. It tastes like nail polish remover. Hot sake is something Americans invented. It's not authentic. Uh, croissant from the little pastry shop in the back of Paris in the back of France is really good. Oh, that whole bakery back there is good. The mm. chocolate ice cream uh, in France. It's one of the they sell ice cream and crepe, crepes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That is the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had. Oh, it is if, incredible. I don't know if they're still doing it, really? it but yeah. the oh, God, yeah. gift shop in the Beach Club had for a while they had gelato, real gelato, real Italian Ooh, gelato. Yeah. I want to go back to this ice cream. Where do you get it? <laughs> right across from Chef de France. France. There's it's a, right next to where you get the um, the Grey Goose slushies and all that. The yeah. two little kiosks. They've got, in that kiosk, they have this, you can either get vanilla or chocolate. The chocolate, I don't know if it's the chocolate they're using or something in the cream. This is like silk. See, I've it never been so there because I don't, those whole... Alcoholic slushies don't appeal to well, me. No, right. Well, it's, it's not that same. It's another kiosk. They do crepes right. there. They do. Yeah. We've actually had a crepe from there. I never had ice cream. The ice cream. Ice cream Try the best. chocolate ice cream. Out of this world. Um, in Hollywood Studios, starring rolls. Yep. Great place. They have um, cupcakes and stuff that people rave about. Bongo's Express Window empanadas. I haven't tried that. I yet. told you you have to. I do. And you were there on Easter. <laughs> oh, with the fist! What? <laughs> really? However, we're at the other end with everybody else in Orlando, oh. <laughs> and we had found one parking spot. Finding two seemed to be pushing it. <laughs> and what's the bakery in downtown Disney? Is that Patty Cake or the? Oh, the gluten-free. Yeah, there is a gluten-free bakery inside Pollo Camparo. Yeah, I don't know that they're the world's best, but it. It's a snack place that they They're need. allergen free. Yeah. Which is nice. That's yeah. a nice thing if that's what you need. Um, I'm going to go for a glass of Rosa Regal in Italy every time. Yeah. You know, you can buy that in public. Yeah, no. But I don't because it's my thing there. <laughs> and you can right. get like a whole bottle for what you're I, 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 I don't need a whole bottle. I used to love Rosa Regal. If I drank a whole bottle of that, I wouldn't wake up the next day. Well, love not all at one time. Rosa <laughs> it, does, it, it comes with a cap. space it out, right, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a single serving bottle. <laughs> However, it is a carbonated thing, and if you leave it too long, it loses yeah, the carbonation. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't taste the same. Uh, I would tell you that I don't think there's anything better in anywhere in Disney World than the, the Cobb salad at the Brown Derby. Which is when it's really hot, I can't go to Epcot without getting a desert rose, which is just frozen pink lemonade. Oh, sounds good. And Where do you get that? It's um what's over there by Japan as your you Oh, South I don't Africa. Think it's Morocco. No, is it, is it Morocco? Is it the little South African trading post? The outpost? No, no, it's not in that oh, corner. In Morocco, in like the Tangerine. Yeah, yeah, right by Tangerine. There's a little uh, kiosk there. Oh, I know if what you're you talking like, about. Oh my like god, Middle it's Middle Eastern food. Going into the Tangerine Cafe and not even getting a meal, because some of that meat's a little scary. Yeah. But they have a baba ganoush that's really good. They have um, an olive selection that's really good. What are the, the little pastries they make that are really good? Baklava. Baklava. Baklava is good. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, my gosh. Baklava is so All right. got to move on because I, this is really making me hungry. <laughs> it's like okay. I hope we got some good ideas. <laughs> yeah, Steve. I hope that helped. We got a lot of stuff. I, I didn't think... I couldn't think of anything, and then Kevin's just like nailing them. I mean, like, oh my god! I told god. you in an earlier episode, I've been eating a long time. <laughs> All right, I have one here that comes to us from Ginger Withers, who is Heather. I can't read. I'm sorry, um, Heather Wilmom. Heather Wilmom on the boards. 
It says, hi, podcast team. I love the show. I listen while driving back and forth to work. I work as a primary care provider, which I'm guessing that's a doctor. Um, after a day of treating sinus infections, sewing up lacerations, and listening to people complain about the cost of prescriptions that I have written for them, uh, the entertainment of the podcast is just what I need. Um, I have a question for the team. Since most of you have all the cool gadgets like laptops, iPads, iPhones, etc., what do you use each one for? I'm trying to justify my want for an iPad. Mm. Right now, I use my laptop or netbook for emails and web surfing and updating my iPhone. The iPhone I use for my work with text messages, music games, etc. What is the advantage of the iPad? Thanks for your help and all the entertainment. Okay, you have come to the right place. Um, I have been singing the gospel of iPad since it was released. So the iPad is a magnificent device that is sent to us by Jesus. <laughs> so, so you're not overselling it a tad? That is really all you need to know. Do you mean Jesus? <laughs> um, you know, what I found for me, um, the iPad is... Uh, is this great device that kind of fits nicely in between my iPhone and my laptop. Um, now, for me, there are times where, uh, you know, the laptop just isn't convenient. Um, I, my work is online. And so email, web access, things like that, kind of important. So when I'm going out to dinner, um, being able to carry a device that will basically allow me the laptop experience without the weight and cumbersome nature of a laptop is really good. So I can check my emails, I can check the site, I can do a lot of things that I would normally need a laptop for that just aren't convenient on a phone. And like I said, you know, sometimes whipping out your 17-inch laptop and setting up shop on a, in a restaurant you know, or some other place. Uh, I'll give you another example. Flying. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're not you know, approaching house size like I am. Um, and especially if you're flying in coach, um, I, I can't, I, the, a 17 inch laptop is unusable for me. It is absolutely unusable on an airplane because I end up having it wedged underneath the seat in front of me, which I just have this, this horror vision of the person in front of me, putting their seat back Reclining. and snapping my screen in half uh, the other half of the laptop is literally resting on the ledge that used to be known as my chest. And, oh, is that you? And uh, so the iPad is perfect because it props up. Screen is large enough for me to see comfortably while I'm sitting back in my seat. I can type reasonably well. Is it ideal? No. But I can type reasonably well. There are also external keyboards that you can get for the iPad. How about the other day on the train when all four of us had our iPads and our iPhones that we could be checking emails and doing whatever as we're traveling down the exactly. rails? I find that my I have a MacBook. Just I have the white MacBook. I find that it's been pretty much virtually ignored since I got the iPad. The iPad, I always carry a man bag. And the iPad just fits in it. It's one of those things that I take it pretty much everywhere I go. It's almost been invaluable for you, you know, if you're away and you've had mm -hmm. to, you know, spend time in the hospital with your mom. You mm -hmm. can check your it, Whether it's the hospital or a doctor's waiting room. Um, and even not for business purposes, if you don't have a business purpose for it, get yourself a Netflix account. And if you find yourself someplace with... You know, some time you can pretty much pick out one of their movies and, sit and duty, watch it. Doctor's mm -hmm. office. Speaking of jury duty, I'm up May 16th. The oh, iPad's yeah. never going to replace your phone. It's not going to replace your laptop. But it's a great in between. Okay, I use it for window shopping and actual shopping, and that's it. And I use mine strictly for work. We all know that. But if you have children, yes. it's a wonderful diversion. For a kid, if you're waiting, like if you're waiting in an office or something with a kid, you the know, you iPhone and the iPad are not. Exclusive devices, interchangeable. They're not interchangeable. Yeah. No, I agree. There's, you know, you you can make do with what a three inch screen, and I love my iPhone. Love my iPhone. There's a new one coming out in September, by the way, iPhone five. Uh, but I don't think they're exclusive of one another. No, you need both. 
<laughs> now, you know, also I can throw this out too in terms of portability um, because I must purchase everything Apple puts out. Um, I recently got a, an 11-inch MacBook Air, um, which there are times when that is a better device for me than the iPad. If I could turn my MacBook in, I would turn it in and get the MacBook Air. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful computer, and I'll tell you, I'm so glad because I have actually stopped. If I don't have to do production work, when I'm traveling and I have to do production work, it's, I have to bring the MacBook Pro because it really is an amazingly powerful computer. Um, I, brought the, I did not bring the MacBook Pro out to California last week because I did not intend on recording a show. And so when I realized I had to record a show out there and all I had was my MacBook Air, I was a little panic-stricken. I was like, oh, okay, is this going to work? And it handled recording the show. Now, it was we weren't doing multi-track. I only had one mic. I haven't tried it out with multi-track and some of the more sophisticated things we do. Like right now, I mean, we're multi-track recording. We're recording seven tracks at once here. So, And it's being recorded on a MacBook Pro. So that's powerful, and it keeps up with us. And it doesn't knock wood you know, crap out on us and, and things like that. How many iPads in the room? <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't have mine here. How many iPhones? I think we all have one. Every single person, yeah. every hand went up. The, the nether <laughs> people the don't have iPads? The nether, the nether people have iPhones. They put their iPads, hands up. I mean. They will, in a, they will in a few minutes. Oh. Because they're getting my old one. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Other people. So, did you know that? Well, yes, they did, because I. Uh, did you get an iPad too? I do have an iPad. I bought Scott's. Via Scott. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Never um, yeah, that's why Scott's so. still alive. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's and everybody and anybody in the room, feel free to question me if you think I'm wrong. Everybody says after they get one. How did I live without this? I agree. If you go online and do emails a lot, yeah, you wonder how did I do it. I literally it. dragged John screaming into the Apple Store. And especially if you're a doctor, I have to imagine that doing research and pulling stuff up, you know, when you're moving around a lot um, on a screen that size, with the portability that this has. Um, would be a lot more convenient. And by the way, those damn prescriptions are so expensive. Really? And I think it's funny, is you find the iPad popping up in TV shows more often. Mm. They're walking around with them. They're ho- someone's sitting down in a restaurant with oh, them. Oh, they're ubiquitous now. Right. It's become part of our culture at the moment. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, the other tablets that are coming out, they can't match. They can't match the iPad's power or its price. I love how every time they have a... Comparison. They always compare it to the iPad. I just wish the iPad displayed Flash. I know that's. Yeah, I know that's, that's my the only the, thing really with the iPad. Well, and the other thing that's great is if you need a GPS, what they have available on the iPad is just as good as any of the other uh, GPS Better. units we've used. Better. I have to tell you, we have found an app that we love called Realtor.com. Oh, I love it. And if you're ever looking for a house, it's Realtor.com. I'm on it every night. You just plug, <laughs> wherever you are, it uses GPS and it uses your current location. Or you can plug in a zip code or a city or a state or a point on a map. You can pull wow. up uh, Google Maps and pick out a point, and it'll tell you what houses are for sale in the area. They'll Usually they have a handful of pictures to see inside. Even when we're not shopping for houses, I think it's one of the most fun things you can do. And one with an things, iPad, it's great. One of the things about an iPad and the iPhone is that you don't know what you need until you find it. I'm sure as a doctor, you might there might be apps out there that you might mm-hmm. use. There might be prescription apps and things like that. So once you get into it and start adding the things that make it personal to you, you'll find it more and more invaluable. So I hope that uh, gives you some... Guidance from the Church of iPad yeah. over I, here. Can Orlando? I plug Church one more Apple product Max. as long as we're making the commercial? Sure. $99 for Apple TV. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Apple it's TV kind is of amazing. a no-brainer at this point. It really is. If you have an iTunes account, you can watch all of your stuff. As long as you have Wi-Fi in your house, you can watch all of the movies that are on your iPad. You can look at your pictures. You can listen to your music. You YouTube. Can, YouTube. Someone told John that, and he has watched that Eddie Izzard's um, Darth Vader goes to the Death Star can- cafeteria. 
<laughs> to the point that I don't think I can take it anymore. Um, and if you set up a Netflix account, it's pretty much the greatest thing ever for 99 It is. Bucks. It really is. So. I'm done with my Apple commercial. All right. Who else has one they want to I read? Walter. This is High Podcast Crew. I have a couple of questions. The first regarding SeaWorld. Is this considered a park you can do in one or two days with small children? And are there any good dining options? No. We are planning to go in October. Can eat the children. Also, I plan to visit the world in December with the family. Is there any way a non-DVC member can arrange to stay at the Treehouse Villas? It looks incredible. Love the work you do, especially the charity work. Brenda L. SeaWorld, you can do it. A day with small you can kids. absolutely do it in a day with small kids, and most of the time they're running a buy one day, come back a second day free promotion. I right. think now it's uh, is it still get the rest of the year? Buy I don't know if they're the still the doing it, but they do that often a lot too. Um, and the nice thing about SeaWorld is that, with a few exceptions, like the big rides, like Journey to Atlantis and Kraken and Polar Express and all that stuff, um, with those, with the exception of those attractions, there really aren't a lot of lines. I mean, everything is a kind of walk-through at your own pace or a show. Um, one of the most comfortable theme parks, maybe the most comfortable theme park, for me anyway, to walk around, um, I have a very special – SeaWorld has a very special place in my heart. Uh, unfortunately, the food is the equivalent of eating a big steaming pile of dog crap. Um, there is no good food. I love it when he candy coats. There is really no good food to be had at SeaWorld, especially if you're looking for a sit-down dining experience. The one place that you can go and have a sit-down dining uh, meal is the Shark's Grill. Uh, Go back and look into some of our reviews on that. Uh, One of the worst dining experiences I've ever had in a theme park, food, service. Uh, This is one of those places that just trades up its atmosphere, and it doesn't do it well. Um, But... If you're going to SeaWorld, you're likely driving. You come out of SeaWorld, you come up to uh, International Drive and hang a left, and up ahead on the right are some phenomenal, some phenomenal restaurants uh, in that area. You've got you know you got Bahama Breeze up there, you've got the Capitol Grill up there, you've got Tommy Bahamas, the Funky Monkey, the Funky Monkey, Opa, the Greek um, tavern, and you're going to find food that is delicious, a wide variety of options. And a price is probably half of what you're going to be paying. He's even a Hooters. In, uh, I love Hooters. They closed the one by us. Hooters has great wings. Um, if you're going into the park, I would recommend you stop at Publix and get a couple of subs and take into the park. You can you. do that, too. That's actually a very good idea. Too. And then have dinner on your way when you leave. Yeah. But take something into the park. Go to Publix and make a little picnic. And yeah, the food, the food is just terrible. If we don't talking about food, I'm going to go crazy. I know. This has been like, the, the, all the shows have been like the food show. And she asked about the Treehouse Villas. You can rent the Treehouse yes. Villas as a regular hotel room. I do believe, though, they're very popular. So I don't know how easily you can get into one because I know that DVC members chew them up 11 months in advance. Right. You could also rent points. if you. The price point for the Treehouse Villas is kind of high. So you could rent points. That's a good idea. From someone and go in as a DVC member. Might give you a little bit more availability. Awesome. All right. Thank you for that, Walter. And who has one more for us? I have one I'd like to end the show with. Um, It's not a question. It was a letter written to Corey and I. Um, This comes from Megan Brent. And uh, she had saw your post about wanting emails. And she says, I'm pretty sure it's too late for that, but I still wanted to send this note because it's been a long time coming. I'm mostly a lurker on the boards, Diz Chef, but I'm writing uh, to let Corey and Julie know what they have done for me. I remember the first show that Julie was on after Ferris was born. I had been a podcast listener for a while, and I was excited that she was coming back. I couldn't wait to hear all about the baby. I remember where I was standing when I heard Corey and Julie say that Ferris had Down syndrome. My heart broke. I thought, you know, their first child is born with special needs, and this seems so sad. But I was totally knocked out by their positive attitude and their ability to pick themselves up by their bootstraps and move on, running headfirst into advocating for their child. I did not think any more about this until December 5th, 2009, the day that my son Dash was born. Which, by the way, I love that name. It's a great name. It's a great name. Um, She went into labor at 34 weeks, and he was taken away because he was premature. And a few hours after his birth, a nurse came saying that he was being sent to the children's hospital across town via ambulance because of a seizure he had had. 
and also some different facial features. The next few weeks were a blur of doctors, nurses, and every test under the sun. Nothing can prepare you to hear that your child will be differently abled. My husband, I'm going to cry a little bit. (laughs) My husband and I were in utter shock. Half the time we walked around like zombies, the other half we sobbed. We were given worst case scenarios that absolutely crushed us. When one day, after some especially grim news, I was sitting next to Dash and praying that he would be okay. I could hear the absolute graciousness in Julie's voice and her certainty that Ferris had been given to her and Corey because they were the perfect parents for him. It was like a light switch had been flipped. I started to realize that there was no better mother for this child than me. I'm a tenacious, outspoken person, and I am persistent and do not take no for an answer. I can't tell you how much Corey and Julie's story meant to me. I found it endlessly courageous of them to put it out there for everyone to hear, but most of all, it helped me to know that I was not alone, and I could handle anything that came my way. It may seem weird that a perfect stranger's words could mean so much to me, but I have thought of her many times and gained strength in her positive attitude. Excuse me. I learned that our instincts as mothers are right on target, and I know now that life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. And I also learned that my son will be exactly who he's supposed to be, and I take great comfort in that. So today, Dash is quite the handful, but in a good way. And even though we haven't, even though we've had many doctor's appointments and hospital stays, he's everything a 16-month-old baby boy should be: rowdy, loud, curious, and sweet. He was actually diagnosed with Charge syndrome. It's a rare genetic condition that affects one in 10,000 babies. And at eight weeks of age, um, he absolutely was already defying the expectations of his doctors and therapists. It's almost like he heard them say he would never do certain things, and now he does them just to spite him. (laughs) So, as for the rest of you, I might sound like a crazy stalker lady, but I wanted you to know that I've gained so much happiness from the podcast over the past year and a half. Each and every one of you has made a difference in my life just by putting this show together. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you do. Much love to all of you. And I just wanted to tell you guys um, that charge, what CHARGE syndrome is. It's an extremely complex syndrome involving extensive medical and physical difficulties that differ from child to child. Um, they're often born with life-threatening birth defects, including complex heart defects and breathing problems, and spend many months in the hospital. Swallowing and breathing make life difficult even when they come home. Most have hearing loss, vision loss, balance problems, and this delays their development and communication. All are likely to require medical and educational intervention for many years. Despite these seemingly insurmountable obstacles, children with CHARGE syndrome often far surpass their medical, physical, educational, and social expectations. Wow. So, What a great email. It was a great email. email. And I think it kind of gave Corey and I both um, a new perspective on what we do. Because even though we don't you know, get up every morning and say, we have a son with Down syndrome, you know, like, and, and think about how we have maybe helped someone else. I never thought about it until we got her letter. So I just, I want to say that I think she's an amazing person too, because I think she's dealing with a lot more than what we have to deal with. It's also one of those things when you hear about someone, you think, oh, they have Down syndrome. Until you know somebody and until you experience that, I think it seems foreign. Yeah. Yes. And now it's just part of who you guys are, and it's right. part of who we are. Right. You know, it's not a big, for us at least, I don't think it's a big deal. It it's not for anyone yeah. who knows us or knows Farrah. Well, it doesn't define him. What always uh, impressed me was that you cried for about a day <laughs> when you found out, and then it was like, okay, what do we need to do? I mean, there was no, There's no self-pity. There was I, no I, drama. You know. It was, okay, this is... You know, this is what we, you know, this is our son and we're going to do what we have to do. And the books and the research and the doc, you know, you, you found and you it's went. It's not easy to breastfeed a child and read a book. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take this a step further. I'm going to go beyond you. Every once in a while, we hear something that makes you realize that we kind of approach this in a lighthearted manner. But we've heard several times that something we've said or done has helped someone to this level. You talked about something earlier, the outpouring of emotion Mm. when Bob died. 
it's things like that and things like that. There's a thread on the boards where people are praying for my mom. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not always about Disney. It's one of those things that this never ceases to amaze me. Right. And some days when I think, oh, I want to do that. I got other things I got to do. Or this doesn't seem as important. You hear something like that and you realize, gosh. And oh. his birthday is Walt's birthday. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. December 5th. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, it's also, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons that I, I put such an emphasis on us doing everything we can to remain authentic and just be who we are. Good, bad, or indifferent. This is who we are. You can like us or don't like us. Listen or don't listen. Uh, this is just this. This is us. And um, could we do it any other way? I, for, for this group, no. For this group, no. And that's the way I like it. And like I said, if you know, if there's only twenty people listening, yeah. You know, at least what they're going to hear is authentic. And Megan did say in her email, you know, they hope to bring Dash to Disney. But, you know, obviously with, I'm sure, plenty of outstanding medical expenses and therapies. And it's very tough. But I do hope that when they come that she gets in touch with us because I'd love to meet her. And she said that she'd love to meet us. So I think it'd be a lot of fun. That'd be very cool. And what a great way to end the show. Thank you for that email. Thanks, everybody, for sending in your emails last week. And you sent so many we had more than enough to do this week that's why i wanted to do a second email show so uh just a reminder we also have kevin's review of jay alexander up this week uh our discussion on the adventures by disney backstage magic tour our memorial for bob varley our friend who we lost three years ago and of course our disneyland team in their show this week So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Diz Unplugged. We'll be back with you again next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.